Hello, everybody. I'm Kathy Yang. This is the podcast edition of Business Nightly. Tensions between the U.S. and Iran rattled markets here in Asia. As Michelle Long tells us, the potential spike in crude oil prices due to the conflict is especially bad for importers like the Philippines. Philippine shares began the year's first full trading week on the back foot, joining most Asian markets down on heightened geopolitical tensions in the Middle East. Aside from sentiment, trouble in the region could also cause crude oil prices to spike further. Bad news for importers like the Philippines. At least um, this year, we don't have uh, food prices going up as well. Um, and, you know, on the positive side, I mean, the government has said it. If we reach the $80 per barrel level, then, um, well, they won't uh, implement the higher excise tax. So, so let's see. I, th I think, though, I mean, it's still too early at this point to raise the alarm bells. Anything between 2 to 4 percent is acceptable for the market, given that um, we no longer have the low base effect in, um, as inflation peaked in um, September, October of 2018. Investors pricing in an uptick from November's 1.3 percent inflation when government releases December figures on Tuesday. On a medium-term view, Goldman Sachs says the current risk premium embedded in Brent prices is already elevated, with an actual supply disruption now necessary to sustain oil prices near current levels of $69 per barrel. It adds price risks are now skewed to the downside in the coming weeks, with oil prices already trading above its fundamental fair value of $63 per barrel ahead of the recent events. Meanwhile, for the day, the PSE index shed half a percent, wiping out some of Friday's gains as investors also weighed regulatory risks. I will assume several things. I assume that, number one, the U.S.-China trade issue has been settled. Number two, um, everything else going on with terms of regulatory risks, to a certain extent, has been settled, has been settled again. Um, I also assume that build, build, build is going full forward. Um, and being implemented accordingly. So that being the case, I'm assuming maybe 8 to 10 percent corporate earnings growth, not too far off from where we were the previous year, uh, assuming about 70 times price earnings. That will give us around 8,500 to 8,600 for next year. So it's a, hopefully a better year. In corporate stories, cement maker Semex Holdings Philippines shares tanked in Monday trade after the company priced its stock rights offer at a discount. That's at 1 peso 54 centavos apiece. The entitlement ratio set at 1.5963 rights share for every one common share. The company looking to raise nearly 13 billion pesos from the exercise, money it will use to expand its solid cement plant and pay outstanding loans. And Manila Bulletin denies its rumored sale, refuting claims by an online article that the Yap family is ready to cash in as a top investment banker is supposedly going around gauging interest in Manila Bulletin, Hotel and Phil Trust. The company says this is utterly untrue and completely devoid of any basis. Water-related stocks were also in the spotlight as investors waited for pronouncements from the government on how the concession agreements will move forward. 
Manila Water shares up 4%, while DMCI jumped over 3.5%. DMCI and Metro Pacific, together with Japan's Madubeni, are behind Maynilad. Michelle Long, ABS-CBN News. Local oil firms set to implement fuel price adjustments amid escalating tensions between Washington and Tehran. As Avin El Chico reports, the Philippine Energy Department has also started to prepare for the worst. Fuel prices are going up in the first week of 2020 as oil companies announce a 40 centavo per liter hike in diesel and a 30 centavo increase in kerosene. Gasoline prices, however, will be lower by 10 centavos per liter. The Energy Department says tensions in the Middle East after the U.S. bombing that killed an Iranian commander has already affected imported prices, which is partly reflected in the retail prices of fuel in the Philippines. Yung nangyari sa Iran, isang trading day pa lang ang tinamaan niya. But we're also looking at other factors. If there will be a de-escalation or magkakaroon ng pagbaba ng tension doon sa Middle East, eh baka bigla rin bumawi yung presyo. The DOE says government is already preparing measures just in case the situation worsens, which will affect supply and prices of fuel. Based on DOE data, oil firms in the Philippines do not directly source crude from Iran, but almost two-thirds of the country's crude supply comes from the Middle East, shipments of which pass through a sea close to Iran. Any vessel that would enter doon para kumuha ng mga petroleum products sa Middle East, dadaan na sa Strait of Hormuz. Yun ang sinasabi ng Iran na kaya niyang sarhan. Some motorists are already thinking of ways to save on fuel use in case the situation worsens. Minsan sir, nagko-commute na lang po. Uh, iniwan ko na sa bayo yung sasakyan. Iwas na lang po sa mga gala-gala. Kailangan mas maaga magpakarga na sila. Kasi hindi natin alam baka pwedeng dumoble. Meanwhile, the DOE has confirmed oil firms have yet to implement the higher excise tax on fuel. Oil companies are required to submit a notarized supply inventory as of December 31st last year, aside from informing the DOE first before reflecting the higher taxes in the pumps. Dapat maghanda na sila ng kanila mga notification kung kailan sila mag implement na nakapaskil sa kanilang mga tindahan. Sources from Shell and Petron claim both companies have enough old stock that can last until February. Alvin Olchico, ABS-CBN News. Philippine inflation also seemed to take a hit from the developing crisis in the Middle East. But as Ron Cruz tells us, the Philippine Central Bank is confident any increase in inflation would still fall within the government's target. The escalating tensions in the Middle East seen as a threat to Philippine inflation. RCBC chief economist Michael Ricafort sounds the alarm over the possible impacts of the conflict between the U.S. and Iran to the consumer price index. He says the crisis may push up global crude prices, which could be a new external factor that will drive the country's inflation. If uh, global oil prices reach uh, $90, so that's going to have uh, an impact on the inflation uh, target. But so far, uh, global oil prices, the net increase since Friday has been about uh, $2. So it's still rel relatively manageable. It's better to wait and see how the developments unfold uh, in view of these uh, geopolitical uh, risks uh, on the horizon. Analysts have expected a slight uptick in December 2019 inflation from November's 1.3%. RCBC shares the same sentiment. It sees December 2019 inflation surging to 2.1% and full-year inflation averaging 2.5%.
But Philippine Central Bank Governor Benjamin Diokno is unfazed by higher inflation outlooks, especially for this year. He earlier said any increase in inflation would still fall within government's target. It's really higher because we got used to below one, right? It's actually within target. Our, our uh, midpoint is 3%. For the next three years, we, we hope to, to uh, achieve the target, which is 2 to 4%. Uh, or midpoint is 3%. So we're very comfortable with that. Right, Amid higher so forecasts, for local thank think you. tank E1 okay, Foundation so challenges the government to address inflation um, in a more sustainable way. Ebon says opening the floodgates to rice imports last year, which the government did to address soaring inflation, is doing more harm than real good to Filipinos. It doesn't mean that we have um, better purchasing power, actually. But that is, we achieved that. I mean, the government achieved that lower inflation not by producing more products or, or not by increasing income so that we have purchasing capacity, but by um, actually importing a lot of things. For example, um, even the staple rice is being imported. And you flood imports, you flood the market with imports, that would naturally lower the prices, but it doesn't mean we have more productive economy. December inflation data is set to be released January 7th, Tuesday. Ron Cruz, ABS-CBN News. Amid escalating tensions in the Middle East, Filipino lawmakers underscore the urgency for the creation of a government department focused on addressing concerns of migrant workers. But at least one party list group is against such a proposal. Archie Cruz tells us why. Before going on its annual Christmas break, the House of Representatives began plenary debates on House Bill 5832 to create a Department of Filipinos Overseas and Foreign Employment. House Committee on Government Reorganization Chair Marvi Marino believes it is more necessary now as tensions in the Middle East rise following the U.S. drone strike that assassinated a top Iranian military leader in a region that employs thousands of overseas Filipino workers. Siyempre, kahit paano matatamay dyan, not only the Filipino workers, but everybody else in that region. So the department can really focus on one secretary, can be you know, uh, dealing with uh, the, the, the country like Iran or neighboring uh, areas, kung paano ngayon i-deploy yung next uh, uh, batches of OSWs or in case they have to be uh, sent back. <coughs> to our country kasi magulo. Bayan Muna believes there are about 40,000 Filipinos working in border regions that may be affected in case of an armed conflict. That's aside from Filipinos who may be affected by the deployment ban. But the part of this group doubts a dedicated government agency is the solution because what is really needed are jobs in the country so Filipinos don't have to work elsewhere. It is their the right to work abroad but we are just trying to make it uh, make it easier for them to really learn some skills abroad and later on our policy is to bring them back to the country naman natin policy yung paalisin lahat ng tao rito our policy is to um, send them to that country to learn some skills and come back here so that they can apply the skills that they learned abroad Brino adds that cases like the death of Janeline Villavende in Kuwait could be avoided by having a dedicated government agency. Another congressional leader believes it would be better if there's only one agency in charge of overseas Filipino workers, instead of the current setup where there are five to six agencies handling OFW concerns. domestic helpers, they're living with the employer. But if we have a, a secretary of OFW, we policies 
na hindi sila nakatira doon sa employer that will minimize the uh, the problems the problem is we have so many agencies you know pertaining to the OFWs so it's not a concerted effort so what we're doing is we're putting them all in one roof so that isa lang ako kontakin talaga ng mga OFW someone that can really take care of their welfare someone that they can look after their protections we should come up with like a 911 yeah that uh, they can immediately call and uh, actions can be taken also swiftly okay so that if they are let's say in danger then we can uh, mm -mm. make rescue efforts in the current for congressmen the additional expense that comes with a new agency pales in comparison to the contributions of OFWs to the economy this bill was requested by president rodrigo duterte himself in his last state of the nation address a senate version filed by senator manny pacquiao remains pending at the senate committee on labor rg cruz ebs cbn news and that's it for today this is the podcast edition of business nightly you can watch highlights recaps and exclusive content of our shows online subscribe to the anc youtube channel like us on facebook follow us on twitter thank you for joining us